every time I see this chart of like, you know, we keep burning more ETH, it's like, yeah, but like, are users also going up? Is activity going up? Like, are you onboarding more people relative to other ecosystems? And I think there will be a shift. And I think it starts with L2s being more successful and onboarding more people and building great products, which I think is, is a thing, right? All right, everyone. So on Empire, you obviously know that we talk a lot about the institutions coming into crypto. And that is why we are super excited to share that we are hosting the Digital Asset Summit. We've hosted this since 2019. It's coming up in London, March 18th to 20th. Don't miss your chance to get ahead of the curve. You can get 20% off with code EMPIRE20. We'll see you in London. What's up, everyone? Before we jump into today's episode, I'm excited to share Empire's first ever security partner. Harpy is the best tool to prevent your wallet from theft in real time. Harpy is not just a security solution. They are a peace of mind solution. But don't just take our word for it. Harpy is the only wallet security solution that protected 100% of its users from attacks like the Ledger one in Q4, which was an off-chain signature attack. To learn more about Harpy, click the link in the show notes or visit harpy.io forward slash empire. All right. So uh, so we got the predictions episode. Uh, for anyone who listened last Tuesday, we had our kind of review of the year recaps, uh, you know, best product, best founder that we met, up and coming company, things like that. So this episode is going to be different. We're talking about 2024 predictions. Um, Santi said he was bringing five. He brought 13. So we are going to, uh, we're going to walk through maybe all 13 of them. And then if you stay until the end, we might give you some price predictions here. Not financial advice, obviously. Um, Santi, you want to kick us off? What is your first prediction? I'll be very brief. 2024 is a risk on year. Rates are down. Liquidity is injected into the system. And, but maybe we have a shorter cycle. I feel really good about 2024, not so much about the second half in 2025. Does that just apply to crypto or do you think things like NASDAQ and everything rips? Yeah. Election year, interest rates, what markets predicting Uh, two, two rate cuts, maybe we do three. Yeah. Watch, watch money market uh, flows away from, uh, you know, uh, money market accounts and into the market. And naturally, crypto hits a bit in a very meaningful way. Retail is still very much scarred. Um, and But uh, I'll get later on in predictions. But where that money is going to flow is very different than last cycles. It's going to be mostly Solana and other chains. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it ties into my RWA idea from, from last Tuesday, which was that RWAs were a bear market phenomena. And RWAs are obviously still exciting, bringing off-chain assets on chain. But when there's, you know, DeFi summer led by restaking, which I'll talk about in a little bit and all these other things and tech stocks are ripping again. Like the last thing you want to do is plop your money into a 4% treasuries. Right. Uh, Categorically, uh, gambling is a huge category. See Mark Cuban, Steve Cohen, like it it is on the rise. And so it's not stopping. And, you know, people can express that in in a 24-7 market. My second prediction, you want to hear it? Let's hear it. Solana, no surprise, closes in on the market cap of ETH. I've been very public about this. I don't see a reason why Solana shouldn't be worth as much as Ethereum as an ecosystem. All right. So let's update the probability. I think a month ago or maybe six weeks ago, you said 20% chance Solana flips ETH. What is your Mm -hmm. updated probability that Solana flips ETH? And is that by, by end of 2024? Look, I mean, you can do probabilities and like there's an expected value kind of calculation. You, you can do a range of outcomes. I'll keep it very simplistic. I look at Ethereum is worth roughly 265 billion. Solana is worth roughly 65 billion. So the ratio of the market cap there is like a quarter, give or take 23.7%. I basically think that two X's over the next year, year and a half, probably let's call it a year. End of 2024, I'm saying the market share of Solana relative to Ethereum, two X's. So, so all right, so what is Sol ETH at right now? Sol, exactly. Sol ETH right now is at 0.06. I'm saying that goes to like point, uh, sorry, the all time. It's at at 0.04. Right, right, right. The lowest it went was 0.06. Right now it's what, a point oh. Sol ETH is 0.04, correct. The highest it was, um, 
like when Sol Peak was 0 0.06. I'm saying it probably goes to like 0 0.15 to 0 0.2. 0 0.15 to 0 0.2. Uh, so, so, that, so three X's basically. It's sold to eat three X's. Yeah. There, there's a couple of ways to look at it. Um, you also, it's a tricky exercise because like, I also think ETH catches a bid, right? So like ETH probably goes through all-time highs as well. So if ETH is sitting at like five to 10,000, you know, then then that also, like that also competes in my math, like how, how much flows are we gonna get into crypto? Yeah. Um, and how does that, so there's a couple of ways I, I slice it. The more simplistic, just to recap, I'm going to just say the percentage, like if you look at the aggregate market cap of Ethereum, not combined with L2s and all that stuff, just ETH as an asset and Solana, I think that market cap, percentage of market cap will grow meaningfully. Hmm. Um, so that is, again, 24% today. I think that can reasonably go to 40 to 50% hmm. at the end of 2024. All right. Give me prediction number three. By the way, I'm going to share my predictions once some of these tie into yours. Um, and I'm going to save my price predictions until the end. But I've, I've got yeah. some thoughts on that. None of this is legal, financial, or any advice. We're all terribly wrong here. I don't know why anyone's listening to these predictions. Um, uh, there is a huge wealth effect in Solana in the same way that the Ethereum ICO movement happened. You already started to see that with Jito airdrop, with, um, uh, what was the other one? Bonk. Um, and you have a few in the horizon. I think Jupiter coming in January, I believe, is likely going to be a billion dollar airdrop to the community it's huge that ties into my prediction which is nft floors rip people like to buy jpegs with this wealth effect and so when you compare categorically i think floors 2x it's tricky right because it, as the base asset that it's priced in that soul continues to rise you got to think about okay like is the floor on on the soul base is going to maintain itself or it goes down. And Ethereum, we kind of saw this, there was some degradation, like priced on ETH, it probably goes down a bit, uh, but some collections actually held up. So let's just go through, like MATLADS right now is 142 sold, that's like 14K. Clay Nosara is 36 sold, that's 3.6K. Quacks are like 2.8K. SM, SMBs are like 10K, Tensorians, 9K. What I'm saying is if you compare, like the most expensive popular collection in Solana is 14K today. Let me ask you a question. When you look at the collect the prime, you know, blue chip collections in Ethereum, the prices are much higher. And I would argue that as more wealth, this wealth effect in Solana happens in 2024, the, these collections will see uh, a meaningful rise in in kind of the floor. I very much agree with both those predictions. So first, one of the, one of my predictions I had it was huge wave of airdrops in Q1 going into Q2. Money flows, a lot of that capital's in Solana. Uh, you mentioned Jupiter. I also think maybe Marginfy, Camino, Tensor. Um, so there's that bucket. Then there's also it also happens in ETH too. Like I think there's some big bridges that are going to have airdrops. Um, whether it's well, I, I won't mention them, but I think there's going to be some big bridges. Oh, there. Wormhole, right? right um, exactly. Um, Exactly. So I like that just flows capital pri I, like a, very heavily into the Solana ecosystem, but also like a wormhole airdrop, a layer zero airdrop that that is a lot of capital moving into the just into the ecosystem. Um, everybody right now, ba basically what happened, I think, because of the Jito airdrop is that when you talk to these founders, they have accelerated their token launches and their airdrop timeline. So if Jupiter was planning on doing it in April, they're now planning on doing it in January, if, you know. Wormhole was planning on doing it in September. Maybe they're planning on doing it in March. Whatever, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, so and think, like someone like Jupiter is going to do multiple rounds, and they've been, you know, multiple airdrops, and so that's just more activity, more incentive. For right. people to bring and this is sample size of one, but like, look what happened to Solana NFTs after the Jito airdrop. Basically, fresh capital comes in. People move from Solana into into you know something else new wealth in the in the ecosystem they move into jpegs i think that this idea that like jpegs are dead and nfts have to become this like consumer use case and stuff don't love it jpegs are going to have a monster 2024 i love paying attention to to, to retail chats and i just poke around yeah always when there's wealth when there's the prices pumped they're like what collection am i gonna buy 
That's it. Yeah. People love to buy this stuff. So one of my, so I agree with this. So one of my predictions was huge wave of airdrops in Q1 going into Q2 money flows. Uh, one of my second predictions was, um, this is one of my main predictions for the year. Actually, I have like these you know, 10, 15 predictions, uh, but like five main ones. One of them was NFTs have a monster year as crypto natives make a lot of money. That's as left bell curve as you can get, but crypto crypto natives are going to make a lot of money. NFT that capital is going to flow into NFTs. I think NFTs are one of my highest conviction bets going into 2024. Um, and I think they basically there's going to be this like L1 trade probably that continues, whether it's Bitcoin with the ETF after the ETF, maybe it's it's probably ETH catches a bid. There's like parallel folks parallelizing the EVM, whether it's like Sui and Aptos or maybe Say or Monad, like some of them. Avalanche, I think, catches a huge bid in 2024. After those run, PF, I think PFPs, yeah, yeah. that money flows into PFPs. Um, I'm going to go and be concrete and brief because someone said in the YouTube comments that I was, should be brief. So I'm honoring that. Uh, I think there's going to be one Solana, maybe two collections that are priced at 100,000 USD each floor. Oh, I agree. I think I think Mad Lads is a no brainer to get above sixty. Mad Lads is fourteen k right now. I think it's that can be fifty to one hundred k, and then maybe another. Yeah. It, what if you had to pick another one? Which would it be? I don't know. I mean, I listed Mad Lads, Kleinosaurus because they're cute, and the guy used to work at Harry Potter, so you know, I have a soft spot for that. <laughs> it's like a three point six k today. So Quacks, which you know, it's just like super native I don't, you know but it's 2.8k smb i don't know much about it, but it's a 10k so what, what is smb that? i don't even know smb oh it's a yeah. monkey business monkey business yeah so mm. tensorians i think a lot of people playing the airdrop they're at like 10k maybe they do a huge run-up ahead of the airdrop to like get that 20 percent. you know play that i don't know they're cute i own a few of these um <laughs> just a few <laughs> just just a few. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I also think other other things outside of Solana have a huge have a huge year. I think. OK, here's tied into my NFT prediction. I think uh, Pudgies have a massive year. I think anybody who raised a boatload of money does horribly. Yuga and Bored Apes, Doodles, Azuki, Moonbirds, anyone who raised these like 30 50, 100 million dollar rounds. I'm very bearish on that. Let's just put it this way. The ARB here is board apes continue to be priced at 65K. Penguins are at 26. That flips. That's the pair, that's the pair trade that's, of the year right there. Probably yeah. one NFT trade. It's betting that penguins flip board apes. Not so much because board apes go down, just penguins go up. This is like the game. Yeah. They launched the game. The vision is clear. This, they're stitching the real world connection. They're going to crush. Yep. All right, take me into your next prediction. Continue on the Solana theme, and this probably is my last Solana one, which we kind of talked about. <laughs> I was going to say, people are going to stop listening to the show. It's okay. <laughs> I don't go fuck off. Uh, I don't even know why they listen, candidly. I mean, this is free melatonin. I remind people they shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fool's errand to do these predictions. More so to laugh at ourselves at the end of the year and say, God, we were so dumb. And like, you know, we're doing this for ourselves, no one else. Uh, at least 10 unicorns are born in the Solana ecosystem across DeFi, NFTs, gaming, wallets, AI, memes, oracles, and Deepin. Primarily, primarily DeFi and Deepin. Why DeFi? You're seeing way more capital efficiency and velocity there. Just look at what happened at MarginFi, Camino, Drift. Um, you have um, NFTs like Tensor um, as an infrastructure marketplace. Gaming, Star Atlas, RRE. Um, wallets to the extent that they launch and have a token like Phantom and Soul Flare. Uh, AI, you know, you believe render. Um, obviously, memes play a role. Uh, we talked about oracles, but really, deep in is a category. Top two, deep in and DeFi. Um, gaming is a third. But uh, yeah, I think those two categories will produce three, maybe four unicorns each. Uh, this is like billion plus fully diluted market cap projects. But I have, I have one last Solana prediction and, and then I'll stop. The others are non-Solana. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Fire Dancer launches and it is mind-blowing. Say more. Like, uh, totally, totally talked about like it launching before a breakpoint in, in September. I think it does launch... Um, I guess when I say launch, like uh, there's there's like the beta now, but I think it launches like more fully fleshed version. 
And it really dispels a lot of the criticism of Solana, you know, halting chain. There's a lot of, and Tully's been very public. There is a lot of still resiliency and like client, there's only one client. And so Buyer Dancer has major, major improvements to the efficiency of the chain, like throughput and like resiliency, liveness. Like it just, I think it just, um, people will see that and then appreciate more of the benefits of Solana. There's a great post by the Helium team about the- No, Helios. 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 The Helios, sorry. Merck's going to kill me. The Helios team about the significance of Fire Dancer. People, just go read that. Don't listen to what I'm regurgitating in a very stupid way. Read that, take time, and then appreciate if it launches why it's own powerful. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put that link in the show notes. Great piece. Shout out, Mert. Um, all right. Give me your next one. Bitcoin wakes up. The dragon will rise and will say, okay, we have all this dormant capital. Yeah, we've been around. We're here. Miners always have the last say. And there's a lot of fees that have, people are starting to see with ordinals. And I think at least this is my top prediction. There is, for Bitcoin at least, there's one Bitcoin L2 that launches mm. and starts a frenzy of activity. And I'm cheating because I kind of know who's going to do that. Uh, at least have one team that is going to do that. And they're very, very credible builders. And they've built a lot of projects that then complete the vision for an L2. And yeah, you're going to see a lot of continued ordinal activity, but also just, again, DeFi and if, like a whole host of things, right? So it's going to be really interesting to see how, again, the Bitcoin community, but like the idle capital is there and it's going to be put to use. Who's the company? Who's building it? Or is it? Can't say. A little private. Cool. We'll have um, them on Q1. Yeah. I mean, we haven't been talking about what's happening with ordinals at all, but very, very exciting. I mean, we should, we should do a little more Bitcoin content going into the new year. Yeah. You basically solved the security budget for Bitcoin. <laughs> Miners going to love it. Do you have a, do you have a Bitcoin ETF prediction? I didn't want to get into that at all, but probably Q1. Like it's just, this going to happen, right? Yeah. Maybe the, yeah. the upside, like the, do you think this could be like a surprise on the downside? Like we actually don't get, we only get any. No, I think we probably, I think we probably get it. I think that it's probably a, like a, maybe a letdown. I don't think it like drives the price an insane amount in the, in the moment in like that month or that quarter. Um, I actually think probably Q1 is like kind of a, the beginning of Q1, like January is probably a slower start to the year. Like I think ever, there's been a lot of hype going into, going into the Bitcoin ETF. And I think it probably might be like light flows to start and maybe a little bit of a letdown. However, what I think people in crypto don't fully understand or appreciate is how good TradFi is at selling financial products. Okay. They are like... You, you basically insert this into the selling machine. You've given someone a whole host of financial advisors to earn a higher fee on the CTF than other ETFs. They're going to peddle that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not. I mean, it's just uh, the, how the machine like traditional, like financial institutions have been selling commoditized products for decades and they've mastered it. Um, whether that's pushing it to the, in, into their private bank, whether it's commercials, whether it's whatever it may be, like they know how to sell. And I think, uh, People don't realize how crazy it's going to be to have these huge institutions selling a Bitcoin ETF. Basically, I'll put quotes around this for us. So, Indeed. Um, all right. I've got one for you. Okay. Um, did you look into restaking since our last conversation? I had one. Yes. All right. I have it in my list. Down oh, you have down. it on your list. All right. Give me, give me your restaking prediction and then I'll follow it up with mine. There's going to be a major bug. And it's going to, it's going to, risk taking is going to be a thing. It's a hot narrative, but I think it's going to make people question this rehypothecation of security and the fragility that it introduces into the system. So I think there may be a hiccup, a bug. I hope it's not a major one. I hope it's not when these things have massive amounts of TVL. But even when we had the eigenlayer, looks not plot on them particularly. I think they were incredibly sharp, competent team. Shout out to them, and I think they've done it in a measured way. These like, you know, opening it up. 
but I am worried about it. And I think it maybe I'm not calling a specific project. I just think it's going to make us question if it is all worth it and if it is introducing more fragility than benefit to the system. Yeah. I, so I have a two part prediction on uh, restaking. I think restaking becomes the hottest thing in crypto in 2024. At some point, um, you know, we, it feels like DeFi summer was driven by Gito and the Solana airdrops. Restaking is going to be much larger. Um, I think it gets really, really uh, restaking basically ignites this huge yield farming craze, super mm-hmm. high risk, um, pointless tokens everywhere. Restakers are going to la- layer several different you know, layers on top of them simultaneously. Restaking basically becomes the hottest thing. Um, and then the narrative about ETH shifts from ETH is money to back to like ETH is yield. So restaking becomes incredibly hot. I think it also means that restaking becomes kind of the new leverage in the system. Dozens of restaking companies launch uh, and, and probably goes fine in 2024. I think this ends tragically in 2025. Um, and I think- Is there any huge unwinding, liquidation, like uh, deep pegging, like Oracle? I don't know. There's could be a million things. Well, first off, I th- I, I, first off, I think there'll be a huge re- uh, restaking related slashing event that will occur. Um, so that that's one bucket. But I think the other bucket is just like, there's a lot of claims on the same underlying ETH. And uh, yeah, that's just a, that's just a dangerous game. <laughs> like, as much as I love financial innovation, we've seen this movie before. Yeah, I mean, here, I'll, 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 I'll push it even further out on the predictions side here. Like, okay. if you think about what is the next, there will be another fraud that gets built in crypto or another Luna type thing or fr- whether it's fraud or Luna or huge blow up. And I think that will be a, re- a restaking protocol. I think you probably get hundreds of billions of dollars locked in value in something. It grows incredibly quickly. Um and and then it blows up. Some something happens that blows it up. I, I don't really know what it'll be, but I think the next Luna will probably come from restaking. Probably, yeah. All right, I got another one for you. AI coins reach peak mania. They crossed like 100 billion in aggregate market cap. That's a 10x from 9.6 billion today. So Is this I think like, it, the, like the Akashes of the world. Render BitTensor, Akash, more projects going to launch IO and a bunch of others. As a category, I think people are going to go bonkers, uh, and and this is going to catch a major bid as more projects launch. And um, yeah, I think you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I believe in even the valuations today. I'm just thinking of narratives, and I think it's a 10x from here. Um, there's a hundred billion in market cap and you're probably going to see one come in the top 10, um, you know, so. All right. Yeah. So here, here's why I, uh, I agree with you on this prediction. Actually, my dad was really? in town, my dad was in town and, um, I was like trying to get him to do crypto stuff when I'm with him, like, you know, set him up on a, whatever, like a new wallet or whatever it is. And, um, so he goes, yeah, I actually have, do have something I want to do on chain. He goes, I want to buy, um, yeah, I, I want to buy, I think it was, it was either a Kosh or rent. I think it was a Kosh. And mm-hmm. I was like, really? Why? And he goes, well, I'm like, AI is taking over. I read about it in the news all, all the time. Um, the only thing I know how to do it, like the only like way I can get exposure to it as like a non-institutional investor or a non like private market person is, uh, is buying NVIDIA. NVIDIA seems like crazy overvalued Mystical. right now. Yeah. Like missed the, missed the trade. So let me get exposure to AI. And he's like, I read in a newsletter that Akash is uh is like is the is the AI play. <laughs> and I was just sitting there being like, and he bought it and he got it. Yeah, so uh outperform me, right? And I was just sitting there being like, God, if that isn't like a peek into what is gonna happen in 2024, like I don't know you, what are it you, is. Are you saying your dad A is retail, B is a left like left curve? Um, you're in for a holiday treat, my man. <laughs> just, dad, no, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about whether or not my, I mean, my dad buys crypto like it's retail. That's what I'll say. Honestly, probably outperform most funds. My dad buys crypto like it's retail. Um, I mean, cause he's not sitting here reading about, you know, makers end game. Like that's when you start to like, he's not an institutional investor trying to like write bell curve it, getting all, 
you know, reading 50 page research reports. He's not sitting yeah, in the middle of the institutions way, way too much credit. I don't yeah, think many. True. That, you know, no, I th- uh, by the way, for what it's worth, I think institutions are no different than retail institutions right. are going to sell the, sell the top or excuse me, are going to ape into the top and sell the bottom. Like they always do. They're just people yeah. at these companies. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I like the AI prediction. I didn't have that on any of my, predi- I didn't have AI on any of my predictions, but I, I actually like that. Yeah. My next one was restaking. We covered that. All right. I got one for you. All right. Um, I think the DeFi OGs, the ETH DeFi OGs help take crypto mainstream. I think um, you will have a huge, so I think if you look back at the last market, DeFi was the first thing to really catch the bid and then it underperformed everything else in 2021, 2022, 2023. Um, but everything, but that market kind of kicked off with Bitcoin first with Paul Tudor Jones, fastest horse in the race. Then capital flowed into DeFi summer. And for the last three years, it's been pretty quiet in DeFi land. And mm-hmm. I think when you look at what Kane is doing with Infinex, mm-hmm. uh, Leshner is doing with Superstate, Stani is now doing with Avara. This, you know, they acquired family, like this kind of like group of companies now. Um, and what uh, what Hayden's doing with Uniswap, I think DeFi OGs have a huge resurgence and a massive year. Um, I'm not saying like those coins those tokens are necessarily going to do best but i think they help whether it's the uniswap wallet um whether it's stani with mm-hmm. avara and like socialfy and like the family app that they acquired like i think they help us take us they help take us mainstream not like a consumer founder coming in and playing in crypto no, i disagree with that as, a, as, a, as much as i love DeFi, i don't agree with that um i i didn't have DeFi even in my predictions and maybe that's because it, and maybe that's well, you did. You did. You did. Talking about Jupiter, like all of that is DeFi. I, I would say I'm more excited about. I think just Solana capturing a lot of DeFi activity, and I would not be surprised. This ties into the prediction that I that I that I have actually is. Well, I wanted to get. They're they're the next two actually. So so I'll just go directly to that. Uh, I think move based languages get way more attention, primarily because of security fixing re-entrancy attacks like and so um it really is about security and i think this is aptos sui say i think uh move as a category like move as a programming language i think it's way more attention that has a direct impact on these l1s it also probably more probably full disclosure i'm an investor but movement connect like connecting the you know the EVM chains with move like move based chains, that connectivity is very important um, to for them to get more attention, right? To draw in more users and liquidity from um, EVM chains. But it's really all about security. And when you think about DeFi, every most exploits can be boiled down to an Oracle problem or reentrancy bug, and move as a programming language like solves that. So yeah. I, I had one of my predictions was ETH moves. Be, I said ETH moves beyond the EVM, actually. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, we're both an investor in movement and sh- shout out to Rushi over there. But like, yeah, I, I agree with you here. He's been a huge evangelist of, of just security. And I think he's right. Yeah. Uh, ties into my second prediction around this particular topic. SVM is also a wild success. Uh, you have like Eclipse. Why? Because not only it, it's like a soft way for the Ethereum folks to save face on Solana as an architecture. And I think, uh, but in a soft way, you know, you always have to give people like that way to interact with an SVM. And the Solana, when I say SVM, Solana virtual machine. So it's Eclipse and there's another project, I forget the name. Uh, I mean, you have, yeah, I, this ties here. in, ETH moves beyond the EVM, right? Whether it's like uh, Polygon Maiden showed you could do this, Fuel right. Network, Eclipse, uh, Starknet even showed you can do this. Like the, mm-hmm. the counter argument to this is that dev tooling support for anything beyond the EVM is atrocious. It's taken us probably, what, eight years uh, to get to, to, you know, like the dev tooling levels for yeah, the, yeah. the EVM to be comparable to maybe where they are in Web2. And it's not even close to comparable, but it's it's at least gotten a lot better. Anything beyond the EVM, dev tooling is horrible. Um, so I think I'm hoping that that's actually something that gets built in 2024. Yeah. So th- that was my two predictions around like just developer activity, um, and, and like connectivity of Ethereum. Well, I guess there's a third. Um, I think as a, as a third in this kind of bucket, I think IBC 
Cosmos in general, but IBC uh, has its moment. Hmm. Uh, UX, I've talked to so many teams the last couple of weeks, doing more research on Cosmos. I think IBC has starts becoming more appreciated as a connectivity layer into many chains. Um, I think also I'd be remiss not to look at what has been happening with Injective and Celestia purely from a hype perspective. And, you know, it takes two of those projects to really draw in a lot of users' interest into the broader Cosmos ecosystem. A lot of builders have reached out um, that are focusing on um, improving usability um, into Cosmos, which I think is a, is a higher hurdle, uh, like all the different chains, all different addresses, like that is being abstracted away. But I spoke with Sam Hart from Skip yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yesterday. I was talking to him yesterday too, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at you. He was giving um, us, uh, he said our website design sucks. So he was uh, giving me some candid feedback. Yeah, <laughs> anyways, he was very kind with his time. And I, I've been asking him and others, it's like, how do we, he, he made a very good point, which was when you think about it, Cosmos fixing UX within Cosmos is so applicable in a cross chain world where you need to abstract, like chain abstraction is going to be a major theme next year. Um, and Cosmos is, has always had that problem since day one. And I think th there might be a project within the Cosmos ecosystem that really nails it around this chain abstraction when IBC fits very much into that. So anyways, I think, um, I'm biased. I've been spending more attention in Cosmos, not just Solana Cosmos. And I think Cosmos and IBC have, have a good, um, have a good year. Hmm. I'd probably take the other side of this. I'd, I'd, I think, yeah, I'd take the other side of this. I think Cosmos has led the way for things for several years and kind of the rest of the industry has actually followed what Cosmos has done. They've never been able to, well, actually, here's what I'd say. I'd put I that. I'm just saying the perception is my point. The, the is my point. Okay. The, all right. Let me actually ask a, a follow-up question here. Does it, what catches a bid in the Cosmos ecosystem? Because here's Injective and Celestia, you know, caught a major bid. Yeah. So these, so the app chains, like different things on different things. Okay. It's not like an Atom token or anything. No, I don't think Atom. Uh, I've always struggled with Atom. I think it's other stuff. Okay. Then I tend to, okay. Then I would, then I would agree with that. Different. I mean, do you, you guys are like, thinking out fantastic research? Uh, and part of my greater appreciation. Look, it's it's hard to, to yeah. Effort capital is uh, putting the cosmos yeah, ecosystem yeah. on his back. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I still need to learn way more. And look, I have like ten calls with cosmos builders over the next two weeks. So, hmm. um, I you want to go next? I have two more, and then a discussion. But I have two. All right, everyone. So we talk a lot about the institutions coming into crypto on Empire. Santi and I are both headed out to London March 18th to 20th for BlockWorks' eighth ever Digital Asset Summit, DAS. This is an institutional buttoned up conference that we've hosted since 2019. I like to joke that it is probably the last remaining kind of suit and tie event in crypto. People are still wearing suit and tie. It's pretty funny, but you'll actually hear from a lot of the largest institutions in the world coming from Standard Charter, FIS, JP Morgan, Framework folks coming out, Wintermute, Van Eck, Goldman Sachs. There are a couple big themes of this conference. One, Bitcoin Catalyst, the halving and the spot ETF. Two, a view from the buy side. Three, RWA's tokenization and stable coins. Four, global regulatory frameworks, five institutional infrastructure, including banking and payments, and six, the macro case for crypto. If you have anything to do with the institutional side of crypto, you have to be there. Santi and I got your back. We hooked you up with a 20% off code. It is Empire 20. There is a little competition running internally at BlockWorks to see who can drive the most number of tickets. So help Santi and I out, register with our code, and you get 20% off. That is Empire 20. For a lot of Empire listeners, your crypto is not just another number on a screen. It's part of your future. I know Santi and myself feel that way. Our security sponsor of this episode, Harpy, takes this responsibility seriously and is the only wallet security tool that shields users from both on-chain threats and sneaky off-chain signature attacks. If you've ever been in that situation where you're moving quickly, you approve something on-chain, you realize that the address might be a dubious address or you're really hoping that you could take that back, 
Harpy has you covered. Harpy can redirect your assets to your self-custodied vault, ensuring they remain completely under your control, safe and sound. With Harpy's always-on monitoring, you're not just detecting threats, you're actively blocking and recovering compromised assets from malicious transactions before they can even confirm on-chain. Harpy is the only wallet security solution that protected 100% of its users from attacks like the Ledger one in Q4, which was an off-chain signature attack. So if you're serious about protecting your crypto investments, it's time to make the switch. Secure your wallet for free at harpy.io forward slash empire. That's harpy, H-A-R-P-I-E dot I-O forward slash empire. If you want it to be even easier, just click the link in the show notes. Do you have any L2 predictions? Like what happens with Optimism? Your big investor in Arbitrum, like ZK. I have too much here to, to make okay. up. I, I mean, I've already given you my predictions on L2s, which is uh, any, any pushback strongly, but uh, I'll, gi- I'll give it again. And I'm curious what you think, because last time we talked about it was a couple of weeks ago. I think there's basically two things that happen with L2s. One is there's a big, uh, all of them try to rebrand as something about parallelizing the EVM. Um, here's, here are my big buckets of L2 predictions. One is they all start to talk about like parallelizing the EVM. That's one thing. Uh, they wake up to the fact that they should have done that years ago. And now they all kind of scramble and race to try to do it. Um, uh, second thing is that uh, I don't think ZK will have the huge year that everyone thinks it'll have in 2024. I still think it's a little too early. Um, my scroll bag is not going to do well. I th- I'm sure you'll be fine. I don't think anyone solves interoperability. For L2s in 2024, one day they will, but I don't think that's a 2024 thing. And the big thing that we've talked about is I think L2s follow Blast and add native yield, and it gets out of hand pretty quickly. And I think like eventually bridges start offering native yield, um, and like everyone starts offering native yield. And like between L2s offering yield, I think the the Blast uh, people really underestimated how successful Blast was going to be and continues to be, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like that, that capital is sticky. Like that capital is not moving back to the main chain, right? Once it's on blast, like you don't really see money go onto an L2, then back to ETH. Um, it kind of just sits there. So I think a lot of L2s are going to add native yield and it's going to get out of hand pretty quickly. So. Yeah. I have two more, uh, around this narrative shift, I think Ethereum and inspired like Vitalik's post yesterday, I think was offered a good window into what might happen. Um, I think Ethereum community changes this narrative away from ultrasound money and figures out a different um, term. And maybe it's, I pegged it as like monetary premium, more so like away from ultrasound money, more towards like, we're the daddy chain. Everyone else connects to us, but we're like the daddy chain. And then you figure out like economic arrangements within between chains. So whether it's monetary premium or base asset I, I don't know but i think uh it it it, it shifts away from away from like this we're burning so much eth because fees are really high and i think that moment happens when you start seeing way more usage you're already seeing more dex activity more volume in solana and and so that continues and when that in the face of that i think the ethereum community rebrands itself and says maybe because l2s also have much more activity I think it, it 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 almost feels like you're bragging about how fat your margin is, hmm. and I don't think that ever has played well. Like you don't see LVMH saying, "Oh, you're buying a bag." Yeah, our margin's like eighty percent. You dumb idiot. We're manufacturing in China, same leather as like normal brands, but we're we're we. You know what I mean? Like you never want to like be, and I think that's that narrative will change um, because I think it it ultimately. Um, sort of like you never want to be bragging about how fat your margin is and i think that's that's basically how sound ultrasound money is every time i see this chart of like you know we keep burning more eth it's like yeah but like are users also going up is activity going up like are you onboarding more people relative to other ecosystems and i think there will be a shift and I think it starts with L2s being more successful and onboarding mm-hmm. more people and building great products, which I think is is a thing, right? I don't want to impress on people that I don't believe Ethereum is going to be a, a viable ecosystem. I think it will serve its very clear purpose for certain use cases. 
I agree. There's a phenomenal piece by DBA. Uh, I think it was John Charb who wrote it called ETH is not money. ETH is not right. ultrasound money. Um, well, give a shout out to, I also want to give a shout out to a few people that like, as you think about like how fast things move that you should listen to. DBA is one for sure. Uh, Logan, um, the frictionless guy, his podcast, also really good from a technical standpoint. Helps helped me understand other ecosystems much, much better. Yeah. Those two are really good pieces of content. Um, right. Last one, 13 for me. 13. Coinbase becomes a bank. Full-on bank. You do. There is no reason why you shouldn't be using Coinbase for everything. And I think Brian is builder that he is. He's going to do that. And I think Coinbase has a very good shot at becoming a top 10 financial institution in the United States and globally. Um, and naturally biased and I have exposure, but I, as we start thinking about price, I think, it, you know, this is a hundred billion dollar plus company at least. And it's sitting at like 36 shy of yeah. 40. I think if they really get, again, I don't want to just say blows because look in a bull market, everything blows. Everything blows past all-time highs. I'm just categorically going to say it. Uh, vaporware and real stuff. Maybe vaporware more than real stuff. Um, but I think uh, when I think about like a bet that I can make probably with the most amount of conviction because it gets me very excited about the first, second, and many order effects that it can have on the ecosystem is Coinbase becoming like this financial institution it plays into the ETF uh, narrative. It plays into ETF. It plays into onboarding. It plays into like onboarding people, not just to buy stuff on Coinbase app, but also base and onboarding into like this app store. It also plays into their focus on funding like non-speculative use cases like Blackbird and loyalty programs. And like, I just think this is like, I'll say it over and over again. I, and when I tweeted, Brian was like very like humble about it. But I liken it to this is like an iPhone moment where base will be when you pop up your iPhone, you have a set of apps that are preloaded. And in the very first versions of the iPhone, there's not much. And the internet was kind of expensive. Now we're figuring all these things out. Now you're going to see more apps there that are not just a swap and buy. It's like stitch it to your daily interactions when you go to restaurants, when you do things social. And so that becomes, I guess like I'm not, I wasn't ready to make it a 2024 prediction, but like over the next five years, the percentage of non-speculative use cases in crypto will grow. And in large part, base is playing a central role in that. And so, yeah, that was my last prediction. Yeah. I love that prediction. We, I've been speaking with some folks in still talking to some of the big companies that you know, big, big brands of the world. And they basically said base is the biggest unlock they've ever had. They can't go tell their, they can't tell their CEO they're building on something, no matter how amazing Arbitrum is like, they're like, I just can't build on it. And now they're like, we have a publicly traded company um, that is regulated. We can go build on, on those rails. So um, yeah, for sure. uh, I, I mean, yeah, I'm gig along Coinbase, like Coinbase is an incredible, I actually almost tweeted out uh, an acquisition I'd love to see is Coinbase buying Mercury. I don't know if you know Mercury, but yeah, I'll use they're, yeah, they're one of the best like B2B banks right now, I'd say, uh, like up and coming like startup banks. And I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I would love to see them get into both individual, like individual banking and as well as, um, yeah, I mean, B2B banking would be awesome. the awesome room insurance. As more like more and more of Blockworks' payments are happening in USDC and more and more of like my individual, like, most wires these days are in USDC. So last time you did a wire. I actually had one last week where they requested a wire. I was like, ooh. Yeah, actually, yeah. One one D5 yeah. Solana project. Same with me. Wire, wire today, actually. <laughs> it shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> <laughs> um Did it start with an E? Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um all right, I've got I've got one more for you. I I think I think it's a monster year. I'm going to make this prediction every year until I'm right. It's a monster year for prediction markets. 
I think it's the year that prediction markets go mainstream. I think two, 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 maybe three main, two, maybe three things cause this. Uh, first is it's an election year. Uh, the general public has lost trust in mainstream polls. Like when I used to look at polls, I'd be like, oh, polling data shows this. Now I'm like, oh, polling data, like can't really trust that polling data. Like they don't really know anything. Um, and I think it's a monster year for prediction markets uh, because of like, yeah, just an election year. Second thing is I think whether it's Polymarket or someone else, they launched the ability to create your own prediction markets instead of the company creating prediction markets. I think you'll be able to almost like how you can, you know, launch your own pool. Shane reached out. Look, I'm an, I was an early investor in Polymarket. And Shane, I think they might have a pro. Shane's a founder. He, he I think they might have like a, a a group of curators that like create these prediction markets that are not just company employees. I'm talking to Shane about it too. Yeah, I uh, I've gotten a little sneak peek into what Polymarket's building next year, and like I'm I'm very excited about it. And then I think the third thing is if you look at why, like why have a prediction? Did you think a particular market reaches like 50 million in volume? Because right now the most, which is like Trump base prediction like will he be a candidate will he win or is like at most five million liquidity has always been the challenge do you think we get like a market maybe the olympics the election where it's like a 50 to 100 million um i think i think there's a yeah i think there's a 50 i haven't looked at the numbers too closely but i think there's a 50 million dollar market i mean think about like why haven't prediction markets gone mainstream yet they're not degen enough for crypto people right i don't want to make a a 3x or a 2x they're super inefficient dude and then when there's, for non-crypto people, the UX is too tough. You have to connect your wallet, whatever it may be. There's no liquidity. There's a mar- There's no, like, it's hard to balance your order book. Like, it's it's difficult. I think I think that'll I think that'll get fixed. Yeah. Basically, you need to balance it. And, you know, having someone to take the other side is difficult sometimes. Like, it's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Um, um, do you have more? Yeah. Uh, I had a valuations one. I said there's going to be a wide divergence between companies with tokens and without. I think it's going to be, I think there's going to continue to actually be down rounds um, for private companies, like some of the Series C, Series D companies that raised it, you know, five to 10 billion. Like they're going to raise it like, they're going to raise, but it'll be, you know, one, maybe two, maybe three, if they're lucky. Um, But the token companies are, I mean, the, the rounds are already getting really like, really different than they were six weeks ago um no gaming predictions from you i i do have like it was a good point like i, I it was it was the things that i wanted to discuss i wanted to discuss catalysts overall risks things that could derail our predictions in a meaningful way things that could exponentially like yeah uh, oh i have like, one i have one more for you i have one yeah. one more okay. um i have i have about as big as big of bag biases you can get here. But I also think I have a kind of unique view into this world, which is uh, there'll be a new new wave of media companies in crypto. So going into 2017, there were only, it was only Coindesk and Cointelegraph. And uh, in 2018, as the, like, actually really 2020, like this new wave of media companies got, like they were already around, but they really like went mainstream in crypto. It was like, whether it's Blockworks, the block, decrypt, uh, bankless, like there was this new wave of media companies. And now if you look today, like I think Cointelegraph is decently irrelevant. Um, Coindesk and the block both just got acquired by, you know, exchanges and, and a VC firm. Um, and I think there's like this new wave of media companies that's going to, that's going to pop up. And I think they will be deeply crypto native um, and really respected. And actually my hope, and we'll probably end up competing against them, but like, I do hope that they they build on chain and do something with on chain media um, that I think is like so I'm I'm excited to see what happens there. I would agree, I hope too, but I also think it takes way more than a year to build a media company. I think there are probably some folks who built in the bear market um, who end up having their their time in the sun. In the, in the There's someone who has a good vantage point into that. I don't. It's you, so I would be interested yeah. to watch. Um. So I, th- I think like, should we just talk briefly? I mean, we've been ranting for 48 minutes. Should we talk about just major catalyst risks, things that could alter these predictions? Maybe, you know, the predictions that you talked about that have the highest conviction or highest probability of happening versus, you know, I know I didn't talk about gaming. That for me was a huge onboarding catalyst. I didn't want to be specific. I mean, I've talked, but that was, I was yeah. going to save this discussion. 
Uh, biggest risks? Yeah, go ahead. You, you, you. No, no, you biggest catalyst gaming, like biggest catalyst for onboarding ETF approval of people that have been on the sideline. Number one, that from a flows perspective, most important. And liquidity injections. You're already seeing in China, you're already seeing in other places, central banks easing. So that continues to happen. So from a liquidity inflows perspective, that's a huge catalyst. From an onboarding user perspective, I think it is gaming. There are major games that are going to launch. It may be the fast, casual, candy crush, angry birds type of game on chain that has escape velocity. Combine that with like really good wallet onboarding and ease. Like, I think it's, so that's a huge one. I think gaming is like going to be from a retail perspective, huge along with meme coins, like the speculation that is like always been a constant, but it's game that is new in this cycle. Um, and um, I think also the, the low fee environment of a network like Solana is um, huge to like when I compare the activity that you saw in DeFi summer, very whale centric pricing out so many people to what I'm seeing now in Jupiter, it is a very different type of crowd and the velocity of that capital, it just unlocks nonlinear consumer behavior across everything that we've talked about. NFTs, um, you know, investing in different categories that are emerging. It just, you know, when you think about, for instance, your dad, how many trades would he do on Uniswap if he loads a wallet with hundred bucks? How many trades will he do on Jupiter? The average holding period for in the stock market and in crypto is days, maybe months. So the velocity of that capital is going to go up is, is already much, much more up in a low fee environment. So anyways, that's a, hmm. that's a catalyst. So, yeah. Um, I have a catalyst. I have a catalyst for you, which is uh, I think SocialFi ends mm -hmm. up really having its time in the sun. I think FriendTech comes back, uh, ends up some something that's either FriendTech or looks like FriendTech um, gets huge. And my really far out there prediction would be that something happens with music NFTs um, that actually like really pulls people in to the industry. And like I think you could have a FriendTech like product, but maybe only for like betting on musicians or your favorite artists or something, or maybe there's, they figure out some integration directly with Instagram, like some huge unlock like that, um, that I think comes from either music or like social or so something like that, that could spark millions of people. And on chain only fans. I mean, Sorry. don't sleep on it. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> uh Someone's not building that. I'll fund it. In a day. Any like really obvious risks that you could think of out, outside of, okay, Bitcoin ETF gets delayed. They don't, um, uh, Powell doesn't take rate, rates down to where people think it might go. Uh, Tether blows up. Anything outside of the, the obvious ones, I'd say? There's always regulatory, like there's always walls of worry in crypto since day one about regulation. I think if we see a major ruling that so far the courts have been very much i think pro crypto at least like you know um if if there's a major drawback or i don't want to say delay in a piece of legislation because those take years it's going to be an interesting year the elections i don't think much is going to happen but yeah i don't know i think if coinbase loses against the sec it might be i don't know yeah. Uh, so regulation-ish, I mean, it's always a risk. Uh, I think more like maybe the FTX unwinding and if it's very messy, it might have, uh, I don't know, I think it's drawn out and I think, yeah, it impacts a subset of crypto, not much, but yeah. yeah. It's really liquidity. Liquidity doesn't come, nothing catches a bit. That's it. Like, it's really just one trade. <laughs> Is there liquidity in the system yeah. and are people rates are low and people want to take on more risk? Yep. Everything else falls after that. Yeah. That'd of course, this secular trend, yada, yada, yada. When we talk about year predictions, not 10 year predictions, you have to focus on macro. You have to focus on liquidity. It's something I've appreciated over, over many years. So, yeah. 
Awesome, man. Anything else uh, that you're thinking about going into the year? Maybe things that don't change over the years. I'll be, I was like thinking about a lot about like new things, but there's actually comical that like so many things in crypto don't change and it's important to inform your view. Right. But so anyways, I wanted to ask you that. I have like five or six things. What, what doesn't change? Yeah. Yeah. Like things just don't change this year. Not, no, and it doesn't have to be like bad things, just like things in general, right? Say your first one. Let me think about this because I didn't think about this. PBL is a proxy for popularity. It's like eyeballs, right? People continue to be like, oh, TBL, TBL, TBL. Uh, brand and marketing matters more than the technology. Um, right. We didn't even talk about DA layers, but like there's going to be this, I mean, it's like Celestia versus, uh, you know, Near versus Eigen, like, you know, the, with the L2s, like, I'm sorry, like, I know some of your technologies better than the other ones, but like, they've got better marketing and better brand. And it always comes down to marketing and brand, no matter if you're in crypto or not in crypto. So that's one that will stay the same. People will always chase meme coins in a bull market. Um, Doge, Bonk. Swift. Swift. Cock on Avalanche. C-O-Q. Like... Those, I mean, those will those will go parabolic at some point in 2024. Great post by Xiao on the importance and relevance of meme coins, mm-hmm. not just tokens, but just memes in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, attention drives everything, so that really will stay does. the same. Uh, there will be scammers um, and like some shady folks who end up getting pretty successful in crypto, uh, just like any new industry. And I think that'll stay the same. That'll continue happening. Um, the U S gets really hot again. Uh, that would be a prediction of my, like that will stay. Basically. I think what ends up happening is like, you just got have this kind of hot ball of money that moves between like Asia to the U S like one year, like Asia super hot. Then China shuts down mining. Then it goes to the U S then U S regulatory apparatus shuts it down. And like, you saw how successful token 2049 was this year. I think that moves back to the U S like the U S is just, it's the hub of capital in the world. Um, and I think that will stay the same. People will lust after building in the U.S. and getting U.S. investors. Yeah. I had most of those. There will always be walls of worry to climb in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> They're never going to go away. And- uh, tribal- tribalism continues. Tribalism is yeah. not going away anytime soon. Tribalism is going to get even worse in this bear mar- in this bull market. Um, I'm starting to feel it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Observe. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'm an ETH maxi, and then the other day I'm an ETH. <laughs> People are like you sold your account of the Solana Foundation. I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, you want to do price predictions? I mean, we talk about price a lot, but sure. Like concretely, yeah, let's do it. All right, I got. I give me Bitcoin, ETH, Sol, and any like anyone, anything else that you feel that you want to actually give us concrete price on, whether it's like. An L2, another L1, but the three main I'd be curious about are Bitcoin, ETH, and Soul. Should we set the stage of what was a prior all-time high for all of these? I think I want to start there. Bitcoin, sure. 69K, I believe. Yep. Ethereum, 4.1K-ish. Solana, 200 and what is it, 40? Right? 220, I thought. Yeah, I'm looking now. Two, well, the top was like 260, actually. Oh, damn. Yeah. Categorically, all of them blow past the all-time high in 2024. All of them. I think Bitcoin reaches 100K. I think Ethereum reaches 6K. And I think Solana between 700 and 1,000. What was your Bitcoin? A hundred, you said? Okay. As a, as a, I have the most conviction on Solana. I'm being probably more in the fan of returns. I think Solana has more like asymmetry. Uh, maybe I'm being a bit conservative on Ethereum and Bitcoin, but that would assume 50-ish percent higher on the all-time high for both Bitcoin and ETH and Solana 
more than that, right? That's a meaningful outperformance of Solana uh, relative to the all-time high. So, and concretely, I feel, yeah, 100K Bitcoin, I think there's a probability you see like 125, 150K. Um, ETH, I think 50% off its, you know, 6, 6K would be like 50% above, right? The all-time high. I think uh, driven by an ETF, um, more L2 activity and whatnot. Um, but the one I have the most amount of focus is probably Solana. And I think it's, uh, you know, if it hits 700, that would be, you know, yeah, at least a 2x from the all-time high. All right. I had Bitcoin 80K. I think attention on Bitcoin actually is higher, is maybe peaking right now. Um, I think after the Bitcoin ETF, people will get excited about the next new shiny thing, and that will become ETH. And that's really when ETH catches a bid. So I've got Bitcoin at 80K. Uh, I said ETH at 7 to 8K, but let's call it 8K, um, about a 3.5X from here. Uh, 2X from the all-time high. Yep. Um, I said Sol at 600. Okay. Um, and I actually think AVAX is going to catch a massive bid and go to, I think probably 250 on AVAX as well. I think, and wow. I, I look at, first I'll look at, look well, at game coins. Um, look at how it's performed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, it I, I get it. I get it. It's yeah. Look at how it's performed in Q4. Um, I think it like I think subnets catch a huge like a big narrative. I think like app chain like app chains. I'm less excited about Cosmos than you are, and I think like this idea of app chains could end up happening. I don't know. Maybe it's app chains and subnets, or maybe it's a institutional like DeFi ends up happening in like subnet land. Um, I'm probably biased from a couple conversations I've had with big traditional financial institutions, and they're talking about AVAX. So. Yeah, I think I don't know. I just I think AVAX catches a big bid. Yeah, I, I think the L2s at some point also. I not, this isn't a price prediction, but I think the L2s at some point catch a catch a huge bid. I mean, they're starting to right now, but yeah, um, I'm just looking at like if Sol hits like 700, that's like roughly 340 billion of market cap, and I think all this math is uh, and Ethereum right now is like 270. Uh, I think, uh, again, going back to this discussion, it is liquidity, right? So if Bitcoin does X, I think there is more beta to these younger ecosystems with lower market. So it takes a relatively less amount of flows to believe that an ecosystem can, you know, 2X, 3X, 4, 10X, it's, 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 um, it's market cap. Um, and, and so I think it really starts because of the how tightly correlated the space will continue. I, I think that's one of the things that doesn't change actually. There continues to be so much correlate, like tight mm -hmm. correlation space. Um and beta toward like against Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin like is sitting at 80 to 100 K. That's massive. I mean think about it. From that standpoint, the amount of flows that need to come in for that to happen, you basically have that would mean at 80K, taking your prediction at face value, it would mean another close to a trillion dollars flow into Bitcoin, 800, 900. That's more than, that's like basically, think about it. That, that's like 80% of all crypto now. Like, you know what I mean? Like you basically have printed. And so, yeah, in this exercise, a lot of it just boils down to, what does Bitcoin do? What is then the other, and what, what are the trickle down effects? And the relative share of new capital, both from venture and institutions and also retail gonna flow in what proportion? So that that was like the exercise that, that I kind of went through. Um, but yeah, so a, a lot of this is predicated on more flows coming in and it is again, going back to it's all macro and it's yeah, the ETF is a huge part in that, I, I believe. Right. Yeah. Actually, a question here, like the ETF, like 
the the maybe we should save this for another discussion, but like I would love to understand in what version of this world can the ETF be a huge success, but not on-chain crypto, not native crypto, right? And like, can you see this divergence of we've uh, this might be a good place to end. Food for thought. Can you have a, ver a version of this world where the ETF is widely successful, catches a bid, but the rest of crypto doesn't on a relative basis? Yeah. On a one-on-one basis. Yeah, you, I, I think you certainly can. I think that yeah. that world is a world where crypto, it's five years from now, crypto still hasn't solved a single real-world use case, is not useful. Um, mm. We're in the same place from a user perspective as we are today, and this idea of crypto kind of goes away. Um and on the other side, you have like rampant monetary stimulus um, and maybe like a increasingly hostile United States, like internally. And there's kind of like people are wor worried about this kind of fourth turning idea. And there's a people are it, it becomes the like the end of the world trade. Right. And that's people, <laughs> people want to. Yeah. People want to buy Bitcoin in that in that trade. Yeah. Or the Bitcoin L2. Um. Very good, my friend. Uh, I think this is as good a place as any to wrap it up. I don't know if there's anything else. No, no. Thanks, everyone, for listening this year. It's uh, I will reemphasize this. Awesome we did this just purely for us to laugh at our terrible predictions. And at the end, I'm, I can't wait to, for the next 12 months and be like, God, I was like terribly fucking wrong, you know? <laughs> someone, someone said on Twitter, I was like, how can we improve Blockworks in 2024? They're like, <laughs> I'm having bad you and Santi need to get more exciting in your voices. And I was like, I, we are not performers here. This is, there are a lot of podcasters out there who are that's performers amazing. with the crazy faces on YouTube and stuff. And that is, that's not the game. So we, we appreciate you guys listening and sitting through our monotonous voices and listening to our mid-curve uh, predictions. But it's been and, rambling and, you know, we need more brevity and whatnot. So I appreciate the hard criticism. That what makes us, I think we've come a long way. We've been doing this, but it's just our second, third year. We're going on uh, great. We started, yeah, this is our second full year. Oh, this is our second full year. Well, we, start, we launched Empire March 2021, and then you joined probably six months later, I think September 2021. Yeah, we, did um, a, we did a pilot episode with Stani, and then that Stani. worked decently well, and then we said, okay, let's do this. But it was September, right? Yeah. We're still here. Still here, baby. Things that don't change in crypto empire, baby. <laughs> that was the prediction. Empire becomes number one pod. <laughs> Highest conviction bet. We'll be sitting on this chair because we, you know, we got other stuff to do, but we'll be sitting on this chair. We'll be sitting here. All right, folks. Happy holidays. Hope you guys have yeah. a great new year. Um, and uh, yeah. 2024, baby. Big year. Big year. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. See you guys. Hey everyone, thank you so much for watching today's episode. Really hope you enjoyed it. We wanted to take a second to just remind you about our upcoming Digital Assets Summit in London, March 18th to 20th. Santi and I got your back. Seats are limited and we hooked you up with a 20% off discount code. It is Empire20. If you heard it earlier in the podcast, there's a little competition running at Blockworks to see who can drive the most number of tickets. So when you register for the Digital Assets Summit, make sure you use our code Empire20. See you in London.